Overcast Gamer Show. My name is Abe Foster, and I'm joined by Regan Harper, Balthazar Valentine. And the reason for that double greeting is because we're now on completely opposite sides of the world. Uh, I've I've moved up here to lovely Bonnie, Scotland, and um, the other two lads are, are, are back in Welly. So, I mean, it's it's sounding pretty good, and there's there's not much um, not much difference to be honest than when I was in Auckland. <laughs> This is it. Like when we yeah. first started our Skype call to begin this 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 thing that we call the podcast. Yeah. I I thought that at the time I was like, it's kind of weird to think that it's the morning where Abe is, but at the same time we've been doing it like this for so long that it doesn't really feel any different. No. To be honest, no. it's it's pretty normal. Like we used to do them one p.m. in the afternoon, right, on Sundays, but uh, just for a, a quick peek behind the curtain there. But yeah, I guess now we're doing them, and as I said to these guys before we started recording, we're doing them where when we're both tired. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, if I were in your shoes, Abe, I would be the opposite because I'm very much a morning person. I would say like, uh, my peak yeah. time is kind of between like seven thirty and ten, oh, and then man. the rest of the the rest of the day I'm a write off. Like if Regan, I don't get I would anything have to say done, you you must be in the minority with that one, right? Like most people are zombies until about ten. Yeah, probably. Um, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I, I get up fairly early. Uh, to be fair, I usually load up on caffeine pretty early too. So that, that, <laughs> hey, that's that all probably good. doesn't hurt. Yeah. Whatever gets um, the job done. Yeah, yeah, totally. What's um? What about you, Balthazar? Are you a morning person, evening person? My peak time is about 11 a.m. to 11.01 a.m. <laughs> I don't. Brilliant. I don't have charge for very long. I take a while to kick in and then I'm dead straight away. So around midday, I'm all right. Man, that's a rough Sort of day. like a, I'm just trying to think of like an analogy there, like um, maybe like thermite or something that like burns real hot for a really short amount of time. Just, you're done. Yeah. Well, the, the battery life on modern day smartphones really is pretty I'm just yeah. a walking PS4 controller. <laughs> yeah, the, there you go. That's the one we're looking for. Yeah. That's Man, the analogy we're after. Bastard of a battery life on that thing. Ugh. Um, but I don't have a PS4 anymore. I've, I've, you know, I, I had to ditch it when I moved. So I'm actually now, well, for the time being, on a laptop and a Nintendo Switch. So no more PlayStation for me for a while. If the you ideal ask me, combo. Yeah, I was going to say, if you ask me, that's a pretty damn good co combination. Like, your PC is going to cover all your AAA stuff. Um aside from obviously a couple games that'll only be on playstation and the switch is just the switch like the, the switch is just in this, its own bloody universe isn't it? it it is it really is um that sounds great that sounds yeah, great has it been has it been fine like have you missed the playstation at all or are you kind of just like nah, i don't i i wouldn't say i miss the playstation in that i miss certain games or not having access to certain games and whatnot but i do kind of miss I conditioned myself to where 
if I, you know, if, if I sat down on my bed and I picked up the controller, I would go into this realm of, oh, everything's okay. This is great. This is my little sanctuary kind of um, yeah. that psychological conditioning. And yeah. I don't, I haven't attributed that to my piece, sitting down at my desk with my PC anymore or sitting down in the middle of the forest with my Switch uh, or wherever I, I end up playing that thing. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to when that kicks in because I'm sure it will. The PC is tricky because the PC you know, because it's a jack of all trades, um, I, I end up doing work on it and gaming on it and stuff. So it doesn't just have that exclusivity of, of being a gaming machine. Totally. Yeah. I feel you on that. I, I totally get that. Um, so give me, give me a bit of a rundown on sort of your situation at the moment, Abe, because I'm sort of intrigued by this. You're in, in rural Scotland, right? Like I am. Out in the, I am. Yeah. Out yeah. In the so, walks. so if, if, if you, if listeners want to look on a map here, uh, if you Google Sterling, S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G, UK, um, I'm about 15-minute drive west of that, um, out in the countryside there, and Sterling has fibre internet, uh, where I am very much does not. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of the exchange on copper cabling on ADSL at the moment, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's a dire situation, and it, yeah, as I mentioned to you guys, the default resolution for YouTube videos is now 480p. So that pretty much tells you everything you need to know. You've kind of taken like a like a eight-year step backwards in time. Yeah, a wee bit. It, it is quite difficult for me. Um, you know, there's, there's points where I, like, for, say I'm downloading um, Little Nightmares on Steam at the moment, not at the moment, but because if I, if I did it at the moment, the Skype call would probably cut out. But um, it was going to take <laughs> what was it, thirteen hours, and it's two point six gigs. So I'm I'm having to deal oh, with that gosh. again. Um, so <laughs> I, it's a it's a leave it on overnight situation. I'm back to the old days of, of leave it on overnight when we when we used to have that Spark um, deal. Mm. With, I'm not sure if you guys remember. During certain hours, they would let you have unlimited uh, speed and, and unlimited sort of bandwidth. Um, yep. So me and my flatmates used to leave it on overnight and download like a trillion movies. Um, overnight and yeah we all just set up on on you know various torrenting platforms and just downloaded like a ton ton of movies um so it's it's sort of like those back to back to that those days in a way where i have to download all my big things overnight um and the internet providers here are dire they are absolutely terrible <laughs> if you imagine imagine vodafone in the new zealand but imagine that times about five and that's what vodafone uk is so <laughs> wow yep yep their like their speeds are fine, you know, and most plans are all you can eat. But their customer service is is awful, absolutely awful. It's <laughs> impossible. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm we're, enjoying we're... actually looking at this map of the area around a, a surrounding Sterling. Um, yep. And I'm pretty sure this is taking me to the right place. But there's some interesting kind of place names here. Um, <laughs> So a few that jump out at me are uh, uh, Dollar Big, yep. which is great. Yep. <laughs> Dollar Big, um, Clack Manon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, there's like a there's a sort of a, a almost like Blair Witchy sounding place called Saline or Saline. Saline. Yeah. It's it, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's all good stuff. Oh, fish <laughs> cross yep fish cross is another one <laughs> yeah yeah they're all they're all great it, it's it's a funny feeling because imagine being 
it's the same feeling I imagine people coming from other places to New Zealand and seeing all the Maori names, right? They'd be like, what the hell is Fakatan or, you know, anything. <laughs> Wakatane. Like, Wakatane. That, yeah. that old ad that was on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it's that similar feeling. I, I have the same thing every time I see a place name. I'm just sort of like, what the heck is going on here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's pretty fun. I won't highlight exactly where I am to, to listeners, but uh, uh, somewhere around all those hilarious place names. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, what, what about you guys? What's been uh, What's been going on in our sort of wee hiatus that we've had since we did our last podcast? I feel a lot more professional now um, with this whole thing. Um, not even, n- nothing's really happened. Just, I was just looking at my surroundings just before for my, for my podcast setup. Um, and not really much has changed except now instead of a glass, I just have one of those oversized mugs with my drink in it. And something about a large mug and kind of just sitting in the evening with a microphone talking to an audience. You know, you feel like... <laughs> It just feels more professional, more like this yeah. is an actual thing that's happening. Um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I wonder, weird. is there like, is there a lot of podcasts that you that you watch? So I know you you tune into, um, is it Co-optional and Rooster Teeth? Mm. And, do you know I Rooster think Teeth it's well? yeah, yeah. But it's not even like a podcast thing necessarily. I think it's just movies and TV. You know, whenever you see that classic depiction of someone who's a radio show host or something like that they've always just got the overhead mic coming down with the same looking kind of pop shield on it that i have and just their oversized mug and there's just you know a few (laughs) keyboards around them and stuff like that that aren't actually keyboards they'll be like mixing boards or whatever for the for the tracks they put on but i just feel like this room because of of course off to my right i've got the second computer as well um hannah's computer so another keyboard and monitors everywhere like i feel almost like i'm in a recording studio it's really weird um also do you guys get like like, surround sound if i do this i'm just wondering if our our podcast isn't binaural kind of thing is it because i kind of rotated to look to my right as i said i've got another keyboard to my right even though i acknowledge in fact no one can see through my eyes so there was (laughs) absolutely no reason for me doing that but it would be a cool audio effect if it's binaural. If this, if people hear it, they might in fact hear me turning to the right and being on the other side of my mic, which will be professional I'm as well. I'm not going to lie, I don't hear any of that, but it might come. That <laughs> might be a Skype thing. That could be yeah. a Skype thing. And I think the other thing that makes Phil more professional is just that we're international now. This is true. We're, yeah, I'm, we're a I'm global the organization. The Overcast Gamer International Correspondent is is my my title that I'm now um the, the you know the, the mantle that i'm taking up i suppose and i'm going to be heading along to to the various things uh gamescom in august i'm I'm very keen to go along to that one and we've got raised in london man i'm i'm looking forward to it eh? actually getting some some shit done and i've you, got a, i've got a, got someone who who thinks they might be keen on being a cameraman so who knows awesome yeah. get in front of the camera you should um change your email signature eh? Because that's oh, important for my title. To, yeah, Overcast <laughs> Gamer International Correspondent. True. Because uh, I'm pretty sure that's what people do when they get a new job, right? They change their email signature. They do. They do. That, that's highly important. Uh, means, you know, absolutely <laughs> jack shit. But, you know, uh, exactly Good. what happens. It does actually make me sound like a jobber having that new title. Um, <laughs> it makes me sound like a freelancer for my own company. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, that's good. 
That's good. But um, hey, let's talk some let's talk some video game stuff, boys. Because last time we did a podcast was the E3 show. E3 is well and truly over, and Bloody we haven't really. <laughs> it's, it really was. Um, you know, that was my fault. I was hurtling through the air over Russia for seven hours or, or whatever it took to get over that <laughs> blooming huge country. Um, but yeah, we, we haven't actually talked about our thoughts on how things wrapped up at E3 or, you know, what, what we're excited for and how things panned out. So anyone got anything that they're really pumped for or that sort of blindsided them or that was terrible? You know, in, any extremes that you guys can think of? The extreme for me was kind of, uh, uh, kind of disappointment at the Sony conference thing, <laughs> if we would yeah. even call it a conference. I yeah. enjoyed the flautist and the guy on the guitar, the banjo the guy. The rest of it, the... yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the guy from the that does the Just... soundtrack for those good games, Gustavo um, Santaola. Y- yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, but then the whole thing was kind of a bit confusing for me. Um. Yeah, and the, the fact that they had to kind of move the whole crowd into a different auditorium and things, like, to be fair, like, I suppose it's not the worst thing, but that's, like, the thing that stands out in my mind as being not great. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I found it weird. Um, Regan, I, I, know you, I know you're sort of trying to be quite generous with this, but let's, let's call a spade <laughs> a spade. It was brutal. It was It was brutal. brutal. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. It was, it was sort of... See the thing that sticks out in my mind is they did the Last of Us thing, and that was all that was all awesome. And I was like, oh, okay, this is why they're sitting in this this church um, that you know they they modelled from the game, um, which was quite strange. But then they moved, they cut back to that panel with those those fellas, and there was an ad for Black Ops Four. I was like, what the hell is this? Why do you put this in your conference? What is this? They're like, yeah, yeah, we're now doing an intermission after the first thing. I was like, that's not how intermissions work. Yeah, no. <laughs> Give us, give us something. They Get also didn't Sean. seem to tell anyone what their plan was no, because no, the streaming <laughs> services that were partnered with E3 stopped the streams because they didn't know what the fuck was happening. They were like, oh, are they done? Like, they just stopped them and started playing paid sponsored, you know, ads, not uh... the thing. When the, when the intermission discussions and stuff were happening, they just cut off two minutes in. Because the streamers were like, are we in the wrong place? What's that? Like, where are we supposed to be? What's going on? <laughs> and everyone in the audiences of both streaming services in the chat were just like, what? what's happening? What? Mm, Where's yeah. Sony? What's fucking, what's going on? So, and I remember on yeah, YouTube as well, like people were um, kind of confused about what time it started because like the time was wrong or something yes, like that. I, and... I remember us having that conversation as well. Yeah, there was Balthazar, yeah. you, were, you were confused. Eh? There was something about it being like half an hour later on the YouTube schedule or something. Or Yeah, we knew like we knew when it started because we'd already done the conversions and put them up on the website. So I went to yeah. start watching at the time our website correctly noted it was going to start, but YouTube did not note the same time at all. And it was still <laughs> saying, you know, starting in... 29 minutes or whatever when the last of us had started um it was yeah it was a bit of shit show all around the sony con like the organization the venue changes the yeah i, I there was audio I, dropouts on twitch mm, yeah yeah it was not good not a good look it's pretty pretty brutal but um apart from you know apart from the sony the the format of the conference being i would say poorly you know poorly organized uh, they actually had some pretty decent looking games that I was quite 
quite pumped about. And Last of Us, you know, Last of Us Part 2, of course. The thing about Last of Us Part 2, there, there's always little things with The Last of Us and, and Naughty Dog games in general that they always make me go, wow, jaw-dropping moments. And one of those in The Last of Us Part 2 was when uh, Ellie is hiding under a car and a lady peers, an uh, enemy, enemy lady sort of peers down um, suspects Ali's there kind of thing and, and, and peers down under the car and Ali shoots her in the face and it's brutal <laughs> like it, it's this it's how a bullet hole would look you know it's it's this it's this tiny hole in the front I think she shoots her through the cheek or something like that and it's this tiny hole and the lady just doesn't die straight away and I was just like oh god that's it's... that's like really horrible <laughs> I think the thing that strikes me about this is that the games are starting to get to that point now where they, they're kind of breaking away from the feel of it just being a jumble of mechanics that you learn and, and sort of bend to your will. Yeah. Like a game like that where you're hiding on, you, you choose, okay, cool. I need to hide under this, this thing under this car. And then the guy, you know, she finds you under there and then you can like shoot her in the head. That's what you would do in like, no, you wouldn't do this in real life, but <laughs> if if you were in Ellie's position, that's kind of that's a reasonable course of, of action to take, you know? Like mm. and it Yeah. It's you're not just running to cover and waiting for them to walk away and then shooting them. You know, it it's breaking it's it's getting to that point now where it's breaking through across that uncanny valley, you might say. And it's not uh, yeah, that that's does that make sense? I hope yeah, that totally. Makes sense. It's it, it, yeah. it absolutely does, Regan, and I think that's why it's more shocking. It's just it feels more like a real person is being shot in the face and you're kind of like, Oh my God, this yeah. is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. This is really, really nasty, but um, props to the animators because it looked amazing, uh, you know, as gross and, and grisly as it was, it looked incredible. And so did the, the fight in the sort of um, emptied out convenience store that Ali has with, with, a, with a couple of people there. And she, I think she um hacks someone in the face with like a hatchet and then, Something something else I noticed is when she gets hit, she has a quiver on full of arrows, and when she gets hit, the arrows all have their own physics, so they fall out of the quiver and sort of bounce yeah. bounce along. The, I was like, wow, that's incredible. Naughty Dog always upping the ante, eh? Mm. It's, um, it's going to be special. It's going to be special. Yeah. I think I'm, that game will probably make me cry. Something will happen <laughs> in that game, and I'll cry. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very intrigued by it. Uh, obviously, we had, we don't have a release date, and it's still quite a while off, but um, definitely something to look forward to. Now, another thing we had at the PlayStation conference uh, was the new Sucker Punch game. The guys behind Sly Raccoon and Infamous, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, um, which is the samurai game set on the island of Tsushima uh, in Japan, and it looks stunning. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, mm. Did you guys you guys hype for that one? Uh, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't say my hype level is as high as it is for other games. Yep. But it looks intriguing. Um, is this something that appeals to you, Balthazar? Because it feels to me like it could be something that you'd, you'd get down on. Yeah, right. It, I agree. But I'm not hyped about it. It feels like a very me game as well. But there's something about it. I think it's just that we haven't seen enough yet. Um, there's not enough yeah. there for me to get behind. What mm-hmm. was there almost feels like something we'd all get behind. It, it felt like an Eastern Witcher. 
the fact that it was just very slow scenic walking through you know these these old ruins of cities and things and looking at these people's fragile lives as they're trying to collect themselves and see what possessions they can find in the rubble um and then ultimately when it gets to the fighting it seemed like that very witchery rhythm based timing your strikes to do combos and deflecting and blocking and making sure you don't get hit because presumably you don't have that much in the way of defense kind of thing like the combat and the movement and and the fact that you had a horse <laughs> was all very um i know it all looked very eastern witcher to me um and so i expect good things from it because of that which isn't necessarily good because it's probably not going to be like the witcher which isn't <laughs> a bad thing inherently um it'll do yeah. its own things well um but i think what i got from that first gameplay impressions video was that it's very it, it looked like a very witchery game from that to me um and so that's why I'm very tentative to get hyped at the moment because I don't feel like it will be. I just feel like I don't really understand the game at all yet. Sure. Yeah, no, we, we haven't we haven't seen a huge amount of it just yet. Uh, I was quite pumped on the first encounter. So I'm not sure if you guys have seen many samurai films. Um, uh, you know, from um, say um, Kurosawa, Akira Kurosawa. Uh, but there's very strong feelings of things like that. Um was it 13 assassins and um mm. and things like that just the that first encounter that he has with two i think it's like two or three other dudes and they sort of have a standoff and he does the you know one slash kind of thing and takes yeah. that guy down and and then the, all the combat is all very crunchy and, and calculated and it, it felt very much like those sorts of old older samurai films and i'm quite excited about that because i don't think we've seen that since maybe onimusha on playstation 2 um, so it's, it's been a long long time since we've had like a really decent samurai game i think there was like red steel or something on wii but that was just a tech demo pretty much. <laughs> and it was yeah that was like a weird it wasn't even like samurai game it was more like you were a cowboy who also had a katana it was yeah weird. <laughs> yeah it was it was very <laughs> odd yeah strange one but um no i'm i'm very intrigued by ghost of tsushima um especially because it's from sucker punch and i loved infamous second son so i'm, mm. I'm definitely getting behind that um now another thing that that popped up at sony obviously now this is what capped off the conference which i'm interested if you guys think this was a good idea so it was spider-man was that a good so extended gameplay demo of spider-man was that a good way to end the conference because to me it, it was awesome like it looked amazing that game's going to be incredible but it was a strange i think it was probably just because the conference was such of a clusterfuck anyway <laughs> but they went into this demo and then the conference just ended and i was like oh yeah okay. i don't think it ended well if only like i think a good indicator that it wasn't a great finishing point was the fact that when it ended literally every single one of us at the exact same time in our chat said that's it <laughs> like we all mm. it didn't feel like an end we were all surprised that it just cut to black and was done from there none yeah. of us felt like that was the end of a conference so i think yeah, that yeah. is just the telling sign in itself that that wasn't a good way to end it yeah, I mean, I'm pumped for Spider-Man, but I think what was missing here was like was exactly what we got from the Microsoft conference, and that was game after game after game after game, and then yeah. just doing like what they've done, what they did last year. It was just getting up there and saying we got fucking games, and then just being like, like I don't like all of that world premiere, yeah, 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 console exclusive, all of this kind of stuff. Like that's all <laughs> a bit bollocks. But yep. um, just getting up there and going, here's all the games. And having like just them back to back is is just mm. an awesome way to make it feel like you're just killing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it was a failed experiment on Sony's part, but Microsoft, 
I think Abe, you mentioned that you reckon Microsoft this was their best I, conference or something I think along it those lines. Was I was sort of thinking back on obviously my memory is tainted by the really bad ones. Um, you know the ones with the Xbox xbox one launch and them going on about it being a tv box and you can watch espn all that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but i i feel like microsoft hit it out of the park with, with their conference this time i the whole time i was watching it i was just like you guys are nailing this <laughs> yeah and then to yeah. end with as they did with you know as so i i felt i felt a bit smug about this and i'll confess why so you know how we're all uh, there, there was rumors of cyberpunk obviously going to be at e3 mm. this year strong rumors yeah um and and listeners of the, of the podcast can go back and listen to my prediction in which <laughs> i said it would be at the microsoft conference it was in fact at the microsoft conference and as soon as so everyone got really excited when the hacking started at the end and all and, and the music started and then a lot of because i watched a lot of reaction videos to it and a lot of people didn't even realize it was it was cyberpunk until literally the gameplay started. So at the start of the Microsoft conference, Phil Spencer was talking about, oh, we're working with studios from this country and this country. And he said Poland. And I was like, yep, <laughs> cyberpunk is going to be at this, at this conference. As soon as he said Poland, I was like, all right, sweet. I'm, I know I know it's going to be here. I, I, and I felt a, a wee bit smug about that because I haven't found a single other person on uh, on YouTube or just on the internet who, who picked up on that. So I'm, I'm feeling... yeah feeling a wee bit smug about that but um cyberpunk looks I, I, incredible <laughs> yeah i mean it i i kind of wish we had properly seen it like it, we obviously got that nice cinematic trailer and there's a lot to dig into in that trailer for people who know what cyberpunk's all about yeah but then you hear all these rumors of the press getting to sit in and seeing and see an extended gameplay demo I want to see that goddamn demo. Like. Yeah, I know. So, did you guys hear uh, about the controversy um, concerning that demo? The recent controversy about the uh, about the the audio leak. Yeah, yeah, interesting, eh? That 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 fellow mm. from I think it's like Sifted or something like that, a website. Um, he yeah he he recorded the audio and then leaked the audio, which it's a bit of a dick move to be honest. Like, no one's really going to benefit from that. Would it be a dick move if it was some other, like if it was not CD Projekt Red? I think I think so. Like who, who wants to hear the audio? <laughs> like it's gonna sound <laughs> yeah, terrible. Um, like I haven't listened to it and I won't just because I I like that company and I don't, you know I don't want to do myself a disservice and listen to some low quality version of 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 the audio from their game. They are obviously annoyed about it. Um, their mm. their fan base is annoyed. CD Projekt Red fan base is annoyed about it one because you know they back their they back their boys and two mm. because they're now they have this temptation to listen to something that they're super you know hyped about sort of thing now it's out there they can be like oh oh maybe maybe i will yeah. just give it a give it a cheeky wee listen but i yeah i think that doesn't really do do anything for anyone so I, I'm, I'm not really too happy with that guy doing that um mm. but you know the each to their own, I suppose, and that's how you get hits nowadays, right? Is is do things like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I I'd feel like shit if that were me. I wouldn't yeah. do it. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Just considering, like, it, it's it's doing something like that to CD Projekt Red is the equivalent of kicking a puppy. Like, what? <laughs> the, the, this this thing has only brought good into the world. 
and they're constantly mm. just trying to do right by everyone and then you go and do something like that like it, it doesn't feel right to me it feels like karma's gonna get you if you do that <laughs> yeah totally so yeah I'm not too sure about that but um yeah i mean suspiciously absent from e3 and it comes out this year so we've had jack shit about it recently um red dead redemption 2 nothing not surprised no rockstar aren't big e3 players are they they're very much just toot their own horns and do things at their own pace no they're they're not but at the same time it's blooming july that game comes out in what october and we haven't seen any gameplay or i mean we've seen a sort of quote-unquote gameplay trailer or captured an engine or whatever but it hasn't been a legit you guys remember those first red dead redemption and and even gta 5 things they do where like the the citizens of liberty uh, of um los santos are da, 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 and they'd have like a voiceover about different aspects of the game um and mm. they, they did those with red dead as well and, and about the multiplayer and all the different sort of facets of of the game haven't had any of that nothing not a single thing so i'm you know i'm not worried at all about the game but i'm kind of like what do you when when when's the right yeah, time i think to the do this? I think the fact that you're not worried kind of says something there yeah. in that they know that their fan base or like those that GTA five has been the most selling game like every single month since it came out, like <laughs> yeah. some ridiculous fucking yeah. thing like that. It still sells more copies than, than a lot of new releases these days. Yeah. Rockstar are like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, they'll, they'll probably put out a couple trailers in the in the like maybe month leading up to the game's release, and every single person who has access to a console on the face of the planet is going to buy it anyway. Yeah, you know, it, it, they're just doing what they do. They, yeah, they they that's true. They're their own hype machine, right? They don't have to do anything. They just um put something out, be it an image or a trailer or or whatever, and it'll just spread like wildfire. So um, yeah. I suppose I suppose it makes sense, but I, I you know it, it's so close to release. I was just like weird that we haven't seen much more than what they put out two trailers I think in total for for this game. Um, yeah, the the first sort of initial announcement one, and then the the one that that went into a, a, a few more detail. Uh, no, it was a story one. The second one was like a story trailer sort of thing mm. um, that confirmed you know John Marsden's involvement in things. And uh, but yeah, interesting. I hope we do see more Red Dead 2 stuff very soon because I'm mostly intrigued to see what they're going to do with the multiplayer this time because Rockstar is always innovating. Mm. And, you know, GTA GTA Online was a huge thing for them. It still generates bucket loads of cash, that thing. Um, so they're obviously going to try and do something similar with, uh, with Red Dead Redemption. So intrigued, intrigued. Mm. Um anything else you guys want to talk about in in the in the realm of e3 any sort of massive massive things that i mean we have sekiro shadows die twice which is the new FromSoft game um balthazar i think you're probably the biggest souls Soulsborne fan mm. out of out of the three of us um any opinions on that one man i mean i'll pick it up day one no questions <laughs> yeah but i i don't know it looked the I, the arm looks interesting. I'm, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's. I mean, obviously, that's the big thing in the game. You know, the big thing that steps it apart from Bloodborne and uh, and Dark Souls. Yeah. Um. So I just hope. I guess I've got 
two hopes one that that really does pay off and it is everything it's kind of they want it to be i.e a big enough mechanic in itself to make the game successful um but then also i hope that b they don't have everything on the game riding on that one mechanic because at the same time you know it's just a grappling hook axe arm like you know what else what else can it do you could chuck 100 gadgets in it but it's still just an arm with a gadget in it you know like i just hope it gadget dead arm yeah yeah so i just i hope it is still you know a soulsborne game um at its core and not a whole new thing because its core is this weird arm but i'm also interested in seeing what the weird arm is so either way like i said i'm buying it day one whatever it seems so the arm the interesting thing with the arm apart from grappling across the mat is um he did it he he sort of used the arm to make the combat a bit more vertical um i think at one point Mm. he sort of tackles a guy on a horse or yeah something from yeah he kind of like yes yeah seemed like he almost launched his arm at him to like pull himself up and drop down on him or something which yeah is is cool also something actually which is i guess the biggest difference for me as a as a souls player is that death seemed to have no consequence which is interesting um because death always you know is a big setback in souls games but in this it seemed like he literally from his point of death respawned exactly where his corpse was you know his corpse kind of lifted up and reanimated again and just continued where it was so that i think is actually what intrigues me the most even more than the arm is just how are they going to handle death this time because it looks like Mm. they're doing it very differently to souls uh, Soulsborne games yeah well just from the title i think perhaps the mechanic might be that you can die twice sort of thing so maybe you can use Mm. that to your advantage you can plan strategically against these big bosses and and hefty enemies to you know i'll die here and then i'll be able to get the drop on them um by popping up behind them or or whatever um so that that could that you know that's a really interesting idea and i'd I'd be Mm. super keen if if, um you know if that was to be implemented to see how that panned out but um it's it's miyazaki you know it's always going to be quality um and i i've been meaning i really want to jump back into bloodborne and, and try that again when i can um you know when i end up with another playstation but those are always and and i want to pick up dark souls 3 on switch actually which i'll probably do at some point um but yeah we so we had i mean the other ones that we have a, a sort of fallout 76 which there's i don't think there's a huge amount to talk <laughs> about there just because it's no fallout multiplayer <laughs> like there's not there's not much more yeah really yeah I do like the idea of just nuking people with no consequences. <laughs> Man, um, I hate that idea. I hate that so much. Really? Like, oh my god. Because I'm I'm not a I'm not an aggressive player at the best of times in multiplayer. I like just pottering around doing my own thing, and I like cooperating with people a lot more than I like attacking them. So to build up a base and to you know do all put all this work in, and then you just get fucking nuked. <laughs> that, that does not sound like my idea of a good time yeah it does sound like they're really just like okay well how can we really appease the trolls yeah or how can we give trolls a platform for, to just go nuts yeah yeah sounds like fun it's a, <laughs> I mean, uh, fair play if, if it's your cup of tea it's it's probably not mine but i do like the idea of um exploring west virginia and and you know if you watch the um the no clip doc that he did on the history of bethesda and the making of fallout 76 they talk about how they've gone into all the sort of myths and legends surrending west virginia and they're bringing they're bringing those into play 
um, things like mm. the the Mothman. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Mothman um, prophecy. I think it was a, mm. a film. Um, so they're bringing yeah. Mothman into it and, and a few other sort of urban myths and legends. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, and the giant sloth that appeared in the in the gameplay and stuff. I'm I'm very very pumped for that. But um, yeah, not a huge amount to say about Fallout 76, and it just looks like more Fallout really, and that's that's great. You know, that's fine. But and not even good. It looks like more Fallout 4. Which is does, the weakest yeah. of the fallouts. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm sure. Surely they've heard that criticism of Fallout Four, and um, I don't know that they have. No, they I mean they're releasing Skyrim again this year. So, are they? Yeah, it's coming out you on Apple how... devices. Oh, you know how they they made that little funny joke about how you could play it Skyrim on Alexa? Yeah, that's not a joke. That's a real thing. You eh? can, yeah, you can play it on Alexa. <laughs> yeah, like. I know. I think that was quite clever because they they pulled a fight. They it was almost like a double bluff. They're like, "You guys think yeah. this is a mm. joke?" No. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of brilliant. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. There's there's an Alexa in my um and and where I live now, and I don't trust it. Eh? I don't. <laughs> I don't like having it's it. It's always around. listening. It's 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 creepy as hell. It like chimes in. You're supposed to have to use the name. And like I, I don't even want to refer to it as a her because it's not. You're supposed to have to refer to its name, Root. to to, act- to activate it. I pulled it out of the wall, so it's not listening anymore. Um... <laughs> so you think it has yeah, what, it has yeah, a watch so, yeah. battery in it? It'll last oh, for man. years. Probably does. Eh? Yeah. Amazon. It's... So the thing, just to go off on a tangent for a quick quick bit, in the UK, <laughs> um, this is probably probably happened after you left Belfast. Amazon owns everything they run mm. the show over here it is nuts <laughs> like television and internet and you know buying things getting things delivered to your door it's all amazon and they they just own like the whole bloody you know country <laughs> countries over here um it's all amazon they're probably just, still listening they probably yeah. on their databases know the alexas that had had their batteries or their their plug pulled out <laughs> And it's running on like a little auxiliary power, and they know, and you're in their database now. Yeah. So the super big brother thing, is watching. I, I was talking talking to um to the person I live with, and she was she was saying that Alexa used to be, so Alexa used to have an opinion on things. It used to be subjective, and it used <laughs> to answer questions about philosophical issues. You could be like Alexa, what is art, or or what do you think is art, or what is God, or and she used to answer and have opinions on things like that or are you happy and stuff like that and now um if you ask her those sorts of things she she has no opinion she's just like i'm sorry i didn't understand the question or whatever interesting so they've obviously watered that down or or, or rerouted the programming totally. or something away from well, you would have to you'd have to ask the question like if we're doing this in our product like to what extent are we shaping people's own opinions of things right like yeah is that morally okay? That's it, interesting. That's yeah, interesting to think about. AI is 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 becoming quite prominent and and even more troubling in my in my brain as I think <laughs> about this. Just having this weird, I don't I don't want to say sentient, but close to sentient thing hanging out in well, your house like, and you use it for grocery lists seems really. It's strange. like that. <laughs> it's like that thing was it earlier this year or last year where man built the most intelligent chess ai that couldn't be beaten 
Um, and that, that chess blue? AI then taught itself to play some other game because it got bored of chess. So <laughs> it learned the rules of another game and then became the best at that game. Oh, and then man. because it was the best at that game and didn't want to play chess anymore, it built a new AI that was better at chess than it was to replace it so it could be the best at this other game. <laughs> so so AIs are already building more intelligent AIs than we can build. Uh-oh. Skynet's on the way. <laughs> mm, big time. Kill it. Jesus, Kill man. it now. Yeah. <laughs> we need, we need to pull, pull the plug on this thing, literally. But uh, And the sentient cards and all that. But this, yeah, anyway, I digress. Um, back to video games. <laughs> uh so yeah that that's i mean there's a few more games that 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 sort of um pop up here things like control which is remedy's new game um which looks sort of quantum breaky mixed with some really cool lovecraftian strange business and i'm Mm. I'm pretty into that balthazar you're you're a remedy fan right yeah i'm interested in that i loved alan wake um and enjoy quantum break so yeah anything i mean remedy in my book have done no wrong so far so definitely yeah. keen to see what they do next yeah and and max Payne as well which i'm i, I was a huge mm. huge fan of the max Payne games but um yeah i'm very interested in that it just looks weird it looks really odd and i don't really know what's going on it's they they talk about you being the you come over and and, and you come into this um what is it the, de- the de- department of control they're called and you take over as the director or whatever and their offices is sort of this weird it's called the oldest house and it's this strange thing that houses all these artifacts that are ripples through time or it it sounds insane and i'm really really interested um by it but we also had kingdom hearts 3 obviously um came along was at the square enix conference was at the was it sony no was it no it was microsoft because they announced kingdom hearts for the first time on on Mm. um, on xbox right so kingdom hearts 3 coming out um was it january next year i think end of january so like that. yeah that, that looks awesome as um, you know it, it looks amazing i've discussed before how i like the look of everything i'm not a fan of the the sort of um mechanics and stuff like that but that, it looks gorgeous um so that'll be great and Devil may cry 5 was announced which was an awesome mm. way to announce that game that trailer is great it's so cool um just riddled with attitude as the Devil may cry series should be and kind of a bit hokey and stuff like that but um that, that was really really cool um balthazar i think you're a fan of dmc series yeah definitely and th- this one looks great um i was always interested after four to see what would happen with nero given that he had a demonic arm so could never really integrate into society properly so it's interesting <laughs> to see that even in the first trailer they tackled that straight away by just being like nat got cut off he's got a robot arm now he can walk around and people don't know he's a demon it's fine <laughs> they can totally like pack groceries and things now yeah <laughs> I, I love how japanese game announcements uh play out as music videos a lot of the time i really mm. like that 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 because it's just so bizarre like a lot of the times when i watch tgs or sometimes when i when i watch tokyo game show it, there literally is music videos i remember there was a resident evil music video i was like what the hell is going on <laughs> <laughs> it's really like this pop this j-pop song with um like hot graphic violence in the background i was like this is really confusing but i'm enjoying it a lot um <laughs> but yeah that's that's probably i mean super smash obviously nintendo went into every single character 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> as Nintendo does. Uh, um, that that was probably slightly misjudged, um, but it was fun because it was entertaining as hell. Just watching Nintendo go through every character and then go back through them and be like, and they've got new, you know, new move sets. <laughs> this is new about this person. It's like these tiny, tiny details, um, yeah, but kind of amazing. And I like the guy, the Smash dude, um, the guy who who makes it or creative director or whatever. At one point, <laughs> it cuts to him and he's like. We put every character into this Smash Bros. So never ask me for anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so good, and I love the fact they just left that in. They're like, "Yep, we'll leave yeah. it there." <laughs> <laughs> so someone yeah. didn't think to say, "Like, yeah, this is gonna come across a little bit odd <laughs> yeah, to a English bit aggressive. people." <laughs> <A little> bit <laughs> aggressive. But uh, that that was amazing and perfect. Uh, you know, I can't really remember too much else about nintendo's conference because most of it was smashed to be honest Mm, Um, pretty much all of it yeah yeah there was there was no animal crossing there was no metroid there was no dk uh oh mario super mario party right that was that was another thing that they they announced um the new mario party Mm. game which which i'm pumped for probably more than smash to be honest because i'm I, i like mario party um but yeah that's probably e3 to be honest boys i i i think it was a mixed bag but the good stuff that we got was really good um i.e xbox conference and you know the various cyberpunk and and you know the, the big announcements and um a little bit more gameplay from last of us 2 and ghost of tsushima and stuff like that so overall not bad not not e3 2010 let's put it that way not konami e3 2010 which is i'd give it a seven seven out of ten seven maybe. out of ten yeah balthazar yeah um I don't know. I can't give it a number. <laughs> it, I guess it, it it sufficiently achieved its objective. Yeah. Before it, before it, I didn't know some games existed that I now know do exist, and there are now a few games I'm excited for that I wasn't before. So nice. it did what it was supposed to do, I guess. Sufficiently achieved its objective. That's a back of the box quote, <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably give it an eight and a half. Um, just most of that's Microsoft, to be honest. I was just very, very impressed with just one the the shit that they announced, and two how well their show went. Like the format was brilliant. Phil Spencer always on point, always comes across as very genuine. Um, everything was everything was good about that about that con. So mm. yeah, eight and a half, eight and a half out of ten. One of the one of the better ones. Um, so we'll move into what we've been playing, and. I mean, we've got a fair list here. So, Regan, do you want to kick things off and just whip through a few of these, man? Yeah, so, I mean, my list looks long, but <laughs> it it really is only because I'm sort of in a weird place at the moment as far as games. <laughs> just games. So, like, I don't know. Do you guys ever get to, into the, that sort of funk where you're sort of between games? And like you've one that you were really looking forward to came out and you've played that and there's kind of just nothing that's really on your radar. Yeah, man. The dry um, spells all the time. Yeah, the dry the dry spells, yeah. Like I'm I'm in one of those and so what that means is I'll go back and sort of dabble in a bunch of different games that like um I might just have lying about. Obviously the Steam sale, Steam Summer sale happened. Um so I picked up the witness for like fifteen dollars or something like that, which nice. I thought was a good a good good we buy and i'll um eventually sort of chip my way through that played i don't know half an hour of it perhaps 
Um, Regan, had you played The Witness before? I can't remember. Did we do a Witness thing no. back in the day? No, I hadn't played it before. Ah. I knew. I uh, played about half an hour of The Witness oh, back yeah, when it first you, came out. You weren't a fan, right? No, not particularly. No. Not not a fan of line line puzzles. <laughs> um, Regan, what, what, I'm, I, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, man. So, it was fine to to start off with, um, but it <laughs> was exactly what I expected. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. Um, it was it was exactly what I expected because you know that that game got quite a lot of hype at, when it first came out. People were it was really well reviewed and received. Yep. Um, and so I knew exactly what to expect, and it was exactly that. And um, yeah, I sort of uh just kind of partook of it, and I think maybe the the you know because I was primed for it, I went into it kind of less. Uh, you know, I wasn't sort of set on kind of smashing through the game in a, in a week or so. So yep. I, I think it's going to be one that I'll just go back to from time to time because it did feel very peaceful um, in terms of being on that island. But then I can also see how it would get quite infuriating at times as well. It, it does. Um, and the witness, there... the witness has a weird ability. It's funny you mentioned peaceful because it does, but it's also incredibly creepy at points uh, it is it's was, very it just, it, um it, it, it very... sort of has that feeling of something's going to happen <laughs> like like totally it, yeah it, it's it's kind of isolated and yeah like there's something behind you watching you from over your shoulder at all times it's, kind it's of thing. really it's that unnerving sort of, eh that, that yeah game, yeah um which Big i quite time. enjoyed but I, I, i'm intrigued as to so you said you played about half an hour of it right yeah. So yeah. what what puzzles have you got through here? Let me let me know um any that stood out or So um I got so when I stopped I was in like an area where there were like cherry blossom trees and uh-huh. I was walking through and and um yeah, filling in the puzzles based on which like branches were broken and things. Yep, yep. I, so I, not I not that. far through I would imagine. No, that's yeah. that's quite near the start. Um just intrigued as to <laughs> <laughs> just intrigued as to your like how long it took you to click on to the fact that the you know the solutions to the puzzles were in world and 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 how you feel about that as a mechanic and things like that um yeah so so interesting for sure it didn't take me particularly long to kind of um sort of latch on to that um yeah, yeah i don't know cuz it, it it's I think part of it is in the way that the areas feel quite segmented from one another. So yep. you move from one area to the next. And so by the very fact that you are going into different areas suggests that those areas are significant. Yep. And so when you sort of get that, and that's done by design, right? Like you, that that's just sort of inherently communicated to you as you go through it. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Once it's very get, biome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, big time. And once you get that, then then you st- and you start looking around, and you realize that it is about sort of, um, yeah, in- interacting with that environment, and then using that to inform your choices and things. Yep. There were still a few instances where, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like the puzzles were sort of like they took a, a kind of a leap. Like you'd do the first one, and you'd be like, yeah, that was that made sense. And the second one, and the third one, yeah, and in a little series, and you'd get to the next one, you'd be like. Ah, oh, what what am I what am I missing here? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny, like you you 
you grapple with it for a while and then eventually you get it and then you look back and you realize that you sort of made it harder for yourself yeah in a you way. Overthink you were like them. thinking yeah you overthink them um so it's yeah it's kind of interesting i think it'll be interesting to um push through and just kind of it's, it's one of those things like when you've got a difficult game you learn things about yourself from that game yep um and i think that's what's kind of cool about really difficult games um i'm actually writing a piece about that just to segue slightly just to <laughs> at the moment um on overcastgamer.com it's not up there yet and the site's kind of going through a bit of a bit of a um rework so you know don't worry about going there to see it but <laughs> just just yet but um eventually it'll be up there and it's all about um how playing uncharted on crushing mode is kind of analogous to life and the life lessons you can learn from that it's awesome, um man. yeah Very should be good. good but uh yeah so the witness is kind of cool um i went back and played some far cry 5 last night because i'd never finished that game yeah um i'll prob- probably push through that and finish that off uh mario kart 8 deluxe i bought because we've started a mario kart championship at work nice. which is going to be fantastic excellent um yeah so every tuesday um we get together at lunchtime on the uh the couches at work and uh and we'll do the little local network thing with our switches and uh and play a few mario kart games so that's that's going to be awesome yep um yep taking that pretty seriously and um, there's a trophy and also a wooden spoon up for grabs so that's exciting wood- is that um, the magic wooden spoon the magic wooden spoon the wooden spoon that used to be used for the person who came last in a work Magic the Gathering tournament? Oh, maybe. I, literally I feel like we just repurpose a lot of our stuff for um, <laughs> for whenever the the company collectively moves on to doing something else. I feel like we just repurpose old old awards. This, it's literally a wooden spoon. Like, it's yeah. nothing special about it. It's like yeah, one no. you would pull out of your mum's baking yeah. drawer. Yeah. yeah, it's probably the um, one. I'm glad you if not, you if not, it's you know the next iteration of it because it's just become a work tradition now to give a wooden spoon to the loser in tournaments. Yeah, that's great. Um, to be fair though, one of our colleagues has, um, who's quite artistically gifted, has uh, drawn Mario on it. So it's a wooden spoon, but the face of the spoon has Mario's face on it, like oh, perfectly great. done. Awesome. It's it's really cool. Really cool. I'll um I'll see if I can track down a photo. Um. But yeah, so Mario Kart, I'm enjoying that. It's a fucking fun game. Um, mm. Played a little bit of Path of Exile, which is a free-to-play game made here in New Zealand, actually. It is. It's made Grand, Grand yeah. Gear. They're, they're, um, Grand... They were not too far away from where I used to live in Auckland. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, yeah and that's a, that's a cool game. It's, it's basically a Diablo clone. Well, it is. It's Diablo clone. Yeah. Um, it's a looter. Free-to-play and yeah, yeah. Um, click, click loot kind of game um whatever you call that is it a looter is that what you call it uh dungeon crawler it's exactly dungeon crawler it's exactly like diablo 3 yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah it even has the same sounds um it's a very popular game too they are making serious bank on that game yeah, yeah I, I it's very nice to look at it's a very polished game like when i say it's just like diablo 2 it's uh, diablo 3 it's just like diablo 3 maybe even nicer to look at I think it's um, nicer, yeah. Diablo 3 stuck looking like the year it came out. Path of Exile yeah. actually receives graphic updates. I yeah. feel like it's I feel like it's the game in the genre at the moment. I think it's be, I think it's pretty much one of the first things to beat a Blizzard game in a genre. Like I feel like mm. Path of Exile is 
renowned as the superior game in that that genre yep it's kind of weird to um walk up to like a big hulking guy to get a quest and have him go yes in a kiwi like you know and just spiel off in a kiwi accent it's kind of odd but um yeah but it's oh, awesome. yeah, nah, left it over there <laughs> yeah oh nah yeah you gotta go go pick up the thing um but uh no that's a really cool game it's 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 impressively polished and i reckon i might just kind of dive into that from time to time um octopath traveler as well because abe you played this for a bit didn't I you did, the, the yeah. kind of intro thing that they've done yep they were um, offering the first so... three hours for free on the eShop. they might still be offering it actually but um the introduction or no prologue as they called it um so yeah just they, the they are offering i don't yeah downloaded it last night and started playing as the thief because that's kind of just my classic character that i like to go for mm-hmm. um and kind of just getting into that I do wonder whether there's still a place for that kind of game. Um, but I'm really curious yeah. as, as, so you haven't played a huge amount of that yet, obviously Regan. Nah, nah, um, probably like but, 30 minutes or so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah but, but come, because I, I've, you know, I've, I've played three hours as I mentioned, and I, I wrote a, wrote a piece on, on overcastgamer.com about that actually. And, um, you know, coming from a person who doesn't really like jrpgs all that much or doesn't like appreciates them but isn't really their thing um i i think the last the last sort of ones that i really enjoyed were golden sun and even then that the the combat and <laughs> that i didn't enjoy i just like the puzzling elements of it uh, moving things around mm-hmm. psychic powers and stuff like that um but and chrono trigger but the um octopath is sort of like that like for me I really liked all the story and all the people bantering around and going and doing things for people in town. And then you get thrown into, uh, my guy was, uh, Cyrus, who was a scholar. And I, I went into like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Cellar, um, to track down someone part of a quest. And then I just kept getting bombarded with bloody tea kettle looking Zubat things. And it was <laughs> awful. And that's when I started really, uh, I was like, oh, I know. I, I remember why I don't like JRPGs. <laughs> like, this crap is why I don't like it. Because I can't move through steps. Too many Zubats. It's bloody Zubats coming after me. And, um, kettle tea. And then kettle all, t- like tea kettle Zubat chimera hybrids. <laughs> that's, and, what it, and then, that's what I was trying to say. I like, on top of that, in the combat, it's just so text heavy. Like, this tutorial thing comes up, it's like, Oh, you can do this, and this is your break. And I'm like, what the hell is a break? What What does that mean? Like, what What are you What are you talking about? And then there's like magic and and physical attacks, and and this is weak to this. And I'm just like, this all oh, this shit is too overwhelming for me. This is not This is not me at all. <laughs> like, I can't get on with this. Pokemon is where I draw the line in terms of status effects and buffs and all that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I really enjoy the story and the 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 sort of um, more light-hearted elements, um, go at your own pace kind of stuff, which is just me in a nutshell, really. And do not enjoy the combat of that game. So I don't think I'll be able to get through it, unfortunately, because I imagine there'll be a lot of combat in that game. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably not gonna say too much about it until I've played through the three hours, just because. Yeah, I don't want to make any draw any judgments too early. Um, it looks nice. Um, I I do wonder whether. Uh, it's obviously trying to appeal to that, that that gamer that played the classic Final Fantasies and the Chrono Triggers and the Golden Suns and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do, yeah, I just wonder, like, if there's, I mean, there's definitely still an audience for it, but I just wonder if it's, 
required, I guess. Um, what, the audience? Yeah. No, like the kind of game. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. <laughs> let me, let, we'll come back to this in the next podcast. I think it's, I've... honestly, I think it's a good thing because there are people out there who get worse with, with whether it be age or time constraints with games and things. Um, I have a friend who has a physical ailment that means he just gets incredibly frustrated now because he used to be an extremely competent gamer and now he can't play any of the games he used to be able to play because he just doesn't have that dexterity in his hands to be able to do it anymore. And so I think there will always be a need for those slower turn-based games where you can just, you know, use the D-pad and press confirm and you've got that time to do things and you can take it at your own leisure. Um, I think as, as long as, yeah, gaming persists then games like that need to persist because i can see myself you know in 20 years my hands fuck up because i've been at the game for far too long um and those will be the games that i turn to not necessarily because i love them because now they're the ones that yeah the combat frustrates the hell out of me with how slow and boring it is but they'll be the only games i can turn to then and that's when i'll appreciate them so i think there is very much an audience for those sorts of games and for my own sake in the future i hope that they continue yeah, yeah, I mean, cool. Fire Emblem is, uh, is that's turn-based, right? It is. Yeah, it's that weird yeah. grid turn-based. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's it's sort of similar, but um, obviously you know you're a massive Fire Emblem fan, so there's there's still definitely mm. a, a intrigue um with those sorts of games there. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested. Regan, I think you should continue playing Octopath just to give a bit more. I will. Yeah, yeah I'm, I totally I'm curious will. to hear a I'm... JRPG sort of um veteran i suppose um opinion on this as opposed to my own mm. yeah oh let's let's check back in on the next podcast and we'll have a we'll have a good chat about it um the only other game i've played is mario tennis aces which has kind of been the game that i was looking forward to and i've kind of played through that realized i suck at it but still had a good time <laughs> um and i'm writing a review for that at the moment as well um nice so yeah, it's um it's a cool little game. Um Balthazar and I have also done a like a what we'd like to call barbecue chat video on it, yep. um, where we just kind of yarn for ten minutes or so about, you know, how we're feeling about the game and, and that kind of stuff. So um check that out on on YouTube and uh Is this yeah, a spoiler free the... uh, spoiler free chat? Uh, well as much as I mean yeah. spoilers could exist <laughs> for a tennis game. Like <laughs> Yeah. It kind of is what it is, really. But okay. um, I mean, yeah, I we we lay out the 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 kind of basic premise of the story. Um, and you can kind of there's if you even want to call it a story, it's it, there's not really any kind of arc that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the the game is the game. The game is the tennis that you play, and um, and that's really fun. It's kind of a a cool little tennis game, and and then there's sort of like an energy management system going on at the same time so you kind of perform actions and then as part of that build up an energy meter and then you can use that energy meter to um, either do a big sort of attack kind of move um, or you can use it to defend as well by sort of slowing down time and and um, defending those big attacks so there's some cool stuff in there um, and yet still can play um, in the old school way where that energy side of things wasn't a thing. So I think it's really cool. I think it's a great game and, and the kind of thing that I'll, I'll come back to um, from time to time, uh, even though I'm rubbish at it. So <laughs> perfect, yeah. perfect for Switch, it sounds like that title. Perfect for Switch, yeah. And um, 
yeah, stay tuned for the for the review that's coming up. Nice one, nice one. Balthazar, what have you been up to, man? I'm in a similar boat to Regan, but for different reasons. I'm not sampling lots because I'm out of sorts or because, you know, I finish things and I'm in a dry spell. I've just... Steam Sour is just a time for sampling lots of things. Yep. Um, so the two games I picked up were Prey and Quantum Break. Um, Prey I picked up largely on your recommendation, Abe, because yep. I played the demo back on PS4 and wasn't keen. Um, but I advised at the time I wasn't keen because it felt like there was input lag and there were right. frame rate issues and everything. Um, and I obviously picked it up on PC through Steam, so none of that's a problem. There's no input lag. There's no frame rate issues. Nice. Um, it's good. I'm not hugely far so far. Yep. Um, I, yeah, maybe hour and a half, two hours in. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, it's very reminiscent of Bioshock 1 um, yes. with that whole kind of everything is there. You can feel that it's level based, but as soon as you step into a level, that whole level is there for yep. you to explore and use whatever perks you've unlocked to navigate the environment and everything. Um and yeah, it's cool. I enjoy that there's no encounters as such. You know, it's not like, oh, I can tell I'm moving into a corridor that's going to be a shooting sequence or whatever. You know, it's just there are enemies everywhere disguised as chairs and coffee mugs and stuff. <laughs> and so that. it's it's kind of like there's no, there is no combat because there's always combat. It almost, it's, but not in that bad way where, you know, you're always tense and on edge that something might jump at you just in that I'm expecting I'm probably going to get ambushed from the corner in one of these three rooms i walk in at least kind of thing um yeah i'm enjoying it i haven't as said i haven't done a huge amount i've done a a one and a half or two hours or so um and it'll be a game i go back to and just make my way through slowly over time um quantum break sort of a oh sorry i was just gonna say it's got sort of an alien isolation type thing going on there as well i think i feel does a bit yeah Yeah, just everything's really well polished and looks really pristine Mm. and uh, maybe it's just the visual the visual um connection but yeah that that was sort of my my yeah. sense on that yeah no it's good i'm looking forward to playing more of it for sure um yeah quantum break being the other one i picked up not played as much as i thought i would i thought that would be a game i'd start and you know pretty much play right through yeah. um because it is very narrative driven i'm i've kind of taken a bit of a back seat and and left it for a while um i do enjoy it i think it's almost i don't like the game which is weird because it's a game. I like the series more than the game. I enjoy the TV episodes at the end of the level because because it's so narrative driven. I just want the narrative. Um, in the first level, I really enjoyed the gameplay because that's what you had. You started it. There was the cutscene, and then you play a level, and it was great fun. And then there was what they call a junction level, which is kind of a 1.5, where you play as the bad guy and you make decisions that will impact the enemy faction for the rest of the game from that point kind of thing so you kind of set things up do i want the enemy faction to grow in power and rally public opinion and turn everyone against me as the main player character and make the like make my life harder as the player or do i want them to drop the ball make some mistakes show some cracks kind of thing so you can basically without selecting a difficulty you can decide how easy or hard you want the game to be by making the enemy faction make these different decisions which is really interesting um and really cool and yeah i I thought that was just just quite unique when i did that um and then after you've done that it plays the episode of the tv show which again it picks 
an episode i think there's two maybe three choices of episode at the end of each level based on the choices you made in the junction episode um so it's one of those games that invites multiple playthroughs just because one of the selling points is it's also a tv show but to see the whole tv show you need to make different choices in each level to play the episode corresponding to those choices um so yeah and and i really enjoyed the entire loop for the first level but then I think the issue was the first level was about an hour and then the junction was 10 minutes and then the episode was, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Um, but then level two was about three hours and then the junction was, you know, 10 minutes and the episode was 20 minutes. And I I preferred the pacing of the first episode when everything was similar length to each other. So you kind of went through the rotation. When the gameplay got longer, it felt like it was needlessly long. Um, and that's what I didn't enjoy as much. So I'm definitely going to jump into it. I'm going to finish it because I like the narrative. I like where it's going. I want to know what happens. I do feel like they should have just kept the pacing the same the whole way through as it was in that introductory level. Um, and I fear that actually as it goes on, the gameplay sections are going to get longer, which again is an odd complaint because it's a game. And I believe most of the negative reviews it got when it came out were that the episodic stuff was too long and there wasn't enough gameplay. And I have the exact opposite complaint, which feels wrong. Um, but yeah, that's just how I feel about it. You're a TV watcher, right? Like you like enjoy TV shows and things. So mm. why not? Why not, I think know? that's it, right? If I play a game for the gameplay, but if I get a game because I hear it's incredibly narrative and you spend more of your time watching than playing, that's what I go in for. So if it then turns out that that's a gross exaggeration by people who just don't like watching cutscenes and that actually the gameplay does still vastly outweigh the watching time, I it's just not what I expected. So I need to kind of taper that a little bit. So I think that's all it is at the moment. I'm off it for a little bit because I'm just tapering my expectations before I go back in. Mm. nice yeah good call nice um other than that picked up mario tennis as well aces um i would like a rematch with regan at some point now that i've played enough of it to understand how the ng management work and what all the supers are (laughs) um as easy as it was to beat him the first time around when i didn't know what i was doing uh i'd like to go two for two after i'd played like most of the way through the game (laughs) there's embarrassing stuff Um, you you want a rematch even though you beat him the first time (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah just to show how it would have gone had i known how to play from the beginning all right Um, all right well i mean i'm i'm mario karting tomorrow but wednesday (laughs) wednesday lunchtime all right you go you're going down mother trucker all right that'd be good um and then the other big thing i've been playing which i played start to finish was detroit become human um which is my game of the year for 2018 so far Wow. I kind of don't want to talk too much about it, if only because I mean, there's very little you can say about that game without because the entire game is Story. narrative. Yeah. You know, it's all spoilers. Um, what I will say is I feel like after playing Detroit now and also having already played God of War, I can't help but feel some people were confused when they reviewed God of War and said it was the must-play game that everyone who has the ability to play it must play it. I feel like they were talking about Detroit instead and just got a bit confused (laughs) and had a bit of a brain fart because this is the game that everyone who has access to some way to play it should play. It is a fantastic game. It's phenomenal. It is the example of narrative games working 
You know, like the gameplay aspect of this game is so minimal. There's very few levels which are action based. They're almost all just walk here, talk to them, walk there, interact with that, talk to. But it's just the story is so compelling. And I have I've only done one playthrough so far, so I don't know to what extent your actions change it other than the fact that obviously they fucking do because when you finish the last level you see that there's a fuckload of timelines that you haven't even interacted with because there are entirely different final levels based on earlier choices mm. um i i want to see how it holds up on a second playthrough because it is so narrative driven and because there is so little action and interaction yep. but i don't think that that detracts from the fact that I've, I'm never going to play God of War again either. I played it once and that's it. So if playing Detroit a second time, some of the shallower levels, like the do someone's housework for them level, feel very thin um, and and get worn out instantly, I still don't feel like that will detract from it because you play most games once. So even if you only played this game once, the only difference is your experience with it in your one playthrough might be vastly different from, you know, your neighbor's experience in their one playthrough based on how you choose to play each character. But I think it's a phenomenal game. I think the idea of the story itself is just incredible. And it highlights so many, I guess, just tendencies within yourself. So many uh, sort of preconceived thoughts you already have. Like, for example... There's a thing that happens throughout the story where androids remove a component from themselves that allows them to be immediately identified as androids so they look more human. But the simple fact that they still looked exactly human didn't change the fact that I was labeling them android. Whenever I was playing as them, I was playing as an android. You know, I never saw them as anything other than an android, even though the whole point was that they weren't just androids. They were living beings, you know, that had had gained their own sentience. It's just... I feel like the idea of the game isn't to educate you as to consciousness and sentience and what it represents. It is almost just to show everyone just how ignorant they are. It highlights just how much you as a person have your own preconceived notions of things and refuse to view things in any other way, even when it's right in your Mm. face. And I think that's what makes it so interesting and so successful. Man, that's Agreed. some that's some Kojima level stuff right there. It it is. I think that you've basically nailed it there. I think um you you touched on story there a lot. I think further to story as well. Like stories are underpinned by great characters, right? Mm. You know, you you a story is great, but if you've got great characters, that sort of takes it to another level. And I think the characters are really great, and that yeah, there there is a humanity to the androids. Um, but yeah, like what you said there it totally sums it up like it it makes you question those sort of boundaries that you have um as far as like your own ability to kind of empathize with something and then Mm. to question yourself you say to yourself hey well like should i be empathizing and then you know should i value the life of this thing over you know this human when the human's being an absolute piece of shit and this thing's just trying to you know like it there's too much to talk about you'd have to sit down and write an essay it's like the films that you do in high school film and they you know they just keep you can keep going down that rabbit hole it's textual analysis it's like that but yeah it's like that but way better because you can play it's because it's a video game 
would <laughs> but yeah i'm pumped for my second playthrough because i did the pacifist playthrough this time because i felt for the androids and i wanted them to win and i felt like if they were you know vengeful then they wouldn't win because humanity would just fight back with even more force and and ultimately nobody would win so i went full pacifist and i never raised a fist once this time through though seeing the treatment of androids the whole way through the game <laughs> i am so looking forward to just going full warpath and blowing shit up and just wrecking <laughs> humanity in this playthrough i think it's going to be great would um would it be apt to compare it to uh, i'm not sure if you guys have watched black mirror um is it that sort of dark technological i've, I've heard about black mirror but haven't haven't seen i it. commentary i don't know it's yes and no it's it's comparable but also very different it's comparable at the start i would say it it begins very much like an episode of black mirror in that it is very much here's how this technology that we've created to make our lives better has actually ended up making our lives worse through our reliance on it or right. you know uh it, it being indoctrinated by these paths that it's created for humanity kind of thing yep. um and that's how it starts but as it goes on, it becomes very much more about. I don't. I think. I think it again. It comes down to how you choose to play the game, because the thing about Black Mirror is how it is always very. There's no win at the end of Black Mirror. Everything's fucked yep. pretty much. You know, <laughs> sure. at the end of every episode, it's it's technology is their downfall. Whereas if you do what's probably supposed to be the ideal playthrough of the game, it's. It starts off Black Mirror where things are rising up and it seems bad purely because humans, as you know, as humans do, assume the worst from everything, assume that because they've oppressed these things, they're going to want vengeance and they're going to fight. But if you do what's probably the ideal playthrough where they are pacifists, they purely want peace, they just want to show that they're alive, they want equal rights and they want recognition as a new species, that's not very Black Mirror because they just want to coexist and i mean there's a point boiler no spoiler kind of thing when you get to the very end where you can say you know as as marcus the leader of the free androids if we all die today you know if, if you continue to just never show resistance full stop even if an army is marching at you you know he just says like even if we die today all of us here we've still made history either way because we've shown humanity the error of its ways to always assume the worst of everything. You know, we we were here to make their lives better. Now we're here to try and fight for our own rights. We're doing so peacefully. We're just doing a march and a demonstration. If they choose to destroy us, then, you know, who's the monster kind of mm -hmm. thing. We're only showing them the flaws of their own existence. Um, and I think that's kind of, that's where the difference is from Black Mirror is is it's not humanity full, you know failing because of what it's done it's humanity failing to learn but it's not humanity becoming so dependent that they just fall into a downward cycle as a result of it so i think it opens like it but it's also very different from black mirror in that it feels like it's trying to teach you beyond just teaching you that you're reliant on machines ah, okay i'm i'm very intrigued by this would you say so i mean probably goes without saying really but the definitive david cage experience yeah yep. yeah 
It's uh, it's funny because everyone said this was the perfect fit for David Cage because he's always done characters weird and they always feel kind of like they're kind of robotic um, and not human enough. Yep. And so they're like, man, him doing a game about androids where they're trying to emulate <laughs> being human, but actually they're robotic is the perfect fit for him. But actually they're human. They don't feel like they're falling short. They don't feel like they're trying to emulate humanity and failing. They feel like they're human. Yeah, mm. that's a that's an really interesting um, thing that probably no one saw coming. Then, if he's yeah, it, yeah, I remember his characters in, in Heavy Rain and Fahrenheit and things like that. Indigo Prophecy, um, yeah, always felt a little bit off, a little bit stilted. It, everything didn't quite gel. Um, so this would would mm. have been a really interesting story to to put that sort of I don't know is it his artistic direct like was that on purpose that he made people like that you never know right it's maybe I think it was probably a technology thing right yeah yeah I th- I mean it, partially flawed writing in that you know he would have <laughs> he wrote them just a bit off yeah um but also technology yeah and that he could mimic kind of facial features and things but he just couldn't replicate how they should be really i think that was the big issue was that he was making you know technology had come far enough for him to create models that looked realistic but it hadn't come far enough in the way that you build animation cycles to you know they still did the balls on the face and everything but i guess the the mapping wasn't as accurate as, as it is today so I think it was it, it was Uncanny Valley. His previous ones where he made them look real, but he couldn't make them but act real. Um, whereas now he's also... Technology's come far enough that the, the actions are also able to look realistic. And I think that's why this time it does look fully real. Because the graphics are still top-notch. Best-looking game on PS4. Um, but also the actions have been mapped and tracked so well like i watched some behind the scenes stuff afterwards i i used my you unlock points for every uh kind of there's basically like a, a timeline thing and every sequence on the timeline you unlock you get points that you can spend on extras oh, yeah. um, and i bought sort of all the videos and there's behind the scenes videos and stuff and realizing that you are watching a movie not just because it's narrative but literally every single thing you are seeing and doing on screen was acted in a studio by people with those suits on every mm. single activity everything was was a person who looks exactly like the character well, except for Con- connor's actor looks a bit weird and not like connor <laughs> but marcus and tara look exactly like the android marcus in particular blew me away when when it showed the behind the scenes and it was the actor sitting on the couch i was like this is weird for connor and cara it showed the actor sitting on a couch but they've just got the 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 character on the couch and then i was like oh no that that is an actor it's just (laughs) it is a hundred percent it's him it's it's frightening that shit is scary you want uncanny valley don't even play the game just just see marcus doing you know something in the game and then look at the actor for marcus doing it and it it's exactly the same it's actually scary um but yeah i i'm just all in on that game 100 percent. watched all the behind the scenes stuff planning multiple playthroughs we've even come up with a game for a subsequent playthrough where i'm gonna play marcus um the the kind of leader of the androids who's trying to trying to get them free and hannah's gonna play connor the android detective who's trying to track him down and catch him 
and we're going to play our respective levels without the other person in the room. So she's trying to catch me, but she doesn't know what choices I'm making or what I'm doing. Oh, nice. Um, and so we're going to actually, we've turned it into a multiplayer game. Um, so looking <laughs> forward to that playthrough as well. That's excellent. I love those things like um, Until Dawn that transform, you know, easily one of the yeah. best multiplayer games that's not actually a multiplayer game. <laughs> yeah. Really cool. Awesome, man. Um, anything else on your list there? Now, I mean, I've just been playing some older stuff, like a hell of a lot of Warframe again, because um, there's a whole load of new stuff. They just had Tenocom, which is the Warframe convention. Oh, yep. Um, so a whole lot of stuff dropped for that. Um, new story content, new open world map, um, which looks better than any other trailer, really, this year um, for me in terms of what they're showing and what we get and how exciting that is. Um, and then I've just been trying to get through Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on New Game Plus because I want to play the story DLC as soon as it drops, I think, next month. Um, and it says you need X amount of story progression, but actually hasn't said what X amount is, so I'm just finishing it again. Oh, okay. Really. okay. Um, Warframe, nice. just as a, as a quick aside, uh, coming out on Switch, which is cool. Mm. Coming to Switch. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping it's not you know account locked so i can use my pc account on oh, switch man. that'd be nice shouldn't be sony so imagine shouldn't if sony be. did that with uh with warframe as well what they did well actually Fortnite. you can't because you actually can't use the same account on playstation and pc that's why i'm wondering if maybe oh. you can't on switch either like you've never been able to oh. um they are separate systems so i'm hoping it's not going to be the same for switch and i can i think it's because on playstation you log into your psn account to play warframe yep. not your Warframe digital extremes account, account. Yeah. i'm hoping that yeah i'm hoping that on switch you log into your warframe account um because that way yeah i can play my pc um account on there which will be great i mean i won't play it as the primary platform i'll be on pc but it'd be great to get warframe on the go nice nice very, very good cool. well i'll i'll talk briefly about a couple of things that i've been playing because you know as i mentioned i've been dj lagging and moving and doing all sorts of stuff managed to squeeze in a bit of gaming uh, between then on the plane uh, a lot I played, um, I finally picked up Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which, I, you know, I was meaning to get it back on Wii U when, when I was meaning to get a Wii U, which never happened as well. Um, but I've been, I've been jamming some of that probably on second or third world, I think. So maybe, maybe three hours, four hours into that. It's just, it's exactly what I expected. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Like there's, there's not, not too much to say on that game because everything is great the the music is incredible the the david wise um soundtrack some of the best music he's ever produced for anything including snake pass all the previous dk's um the 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 level design is, is awesome it just iterates on that really cool thing they did with donkey kong country returns um mm. the, the previous one from retro studios which is the sort of set pieces that they have where you fire into a barrel and then you smash into part of the background and that background will fall into the foreground and do something there and, and you're still like firing. Cool. Oh, it's so it's so innovative and, and interesting um, the way they do those things. Yeah. Still... What are the... Do they... Do they are there any kind of interesting new like just basic kind of platforming mechanics that they've worked in there um not really they're still pretty much the same ones as there's a couple of new characters which have different mechanics like cranky kong where you can bounce on his cane and and um oh, ghost jump on, yeah. on spike pit, yeah on spike pits and things like that so you don't actually get spiked um but in terms of actual the, the general mechanics still the same don you know when you're donkey kong you well you're always donkey kong but you, you pound the ground and you can um get things to fall out of 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 trees and objects like that and there's handles in the ground that you can pull and get bonuses from you know pulling up 
um, something hidden in the sand or or things like that. And I love DK just because yeah. I know the language of, I think Donkey Kong, but maybe platformers in general. In in that, if you see you know a tree, a piece of tree canopy that's slightly out of place or just overlapping with something or a piece of rock that's all the same for too long, you know there's a secret in there. There just is. There's always going to be a secret in there. And I'm always rewarded for my, you know, for trying to get there. There's, there's always something up there, be it a piece of the, the, the puzzle pieces mm. that you collect in a level or a life or a bonus level. Always. And I love that stuff. That just makes me love that game so much. I'm like... It's same with black as well. Just, just black. If you're running across somewhere and you notice, you know, there's something that could potentially be a ledge, but next to it is just black there's no definition you know that that's a shaded area that when you get up there and run through it it'll you know reveal that yeah there's a secret there as well yeah it's it's that language of platforming right and i I find that i love that sort of stuff um you know if you start a level like i've been platforming for a long time the first thing i do balthazar you 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 might do the same and regan maybe as well as run backwards backwards. you run backwards of course you run backwards yeah that's there's going to be something there like 90 percent of the time there's always going to be something there (laughs) Um, that's just something I've learned over the years from all, all platformers. Just go backwards. Um, mm. Or, you know, look under... In, in first-person shooters, it's look under staircases. There's always something under the staircase. Yeah. It's just, it's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dig- Would it weird you out if you if you found a platformer where it went from right to left? That would be insane. Right? That's actually a really interesting idea. That would... Yeah, how would that... Oh, God. That, yeah, that would weird me It would, right? <laughs> In answer to your question, I don't know. It would be strange coming from the other side of the screen. It would be like reading, a, you know, how the Japanese um, manga read the other way. Um, you start Which is a really interesting translation because up and down is fine. You know, you have sequences in Tropical Freeze where both you go up the screen as the bottom rises and you've got to, you know, beat it up. And there are sequences where you go down the screen where the top is coming down. So it only translates from left to right, not top to right. There's no correct direction for vertical traversal. Yeah. It's only horizontal. That is, Interesting. That is funny, isn't it? Yeah, the up and yeah, you're right about the up and down. And and just on the on that note as well, um, with the up and down, the swimming in this game, it, Nintendo, mm. you know, they always nail movement. There's there's not a single time I played a first party Nintendo game or you know even third party Nintendo game, um, where they just nail the movement and and DK Tropical Freeze. It's it's fun to move, it's fun to swim, it's fun to jump. Um, when you're swimming around, you can do sort of a, a twirl, and if you do that near the surface, you can like fly out of the water like a dolphin. Um, and sometimes you need to do that to to grab something that might be up there. And I just love that. I just spend time doing loop de loops in the air and swimming around. And um, you know, it's the same with Mario Odyssey. That's it's a fun game just to move around in. Um, and Mario sixty four. Yeah, mm. it's 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 got that thing going for it. So. Yeah, amazing. It's just pretty much perfect as far as I can tell so far. Like, apart from the minecart levels, which I, I still wouldn't mark it down for because <laughs> as, as much as I get frustrated to hell with them because they're hard as hell and, you know, you get one chance, one opportunity to cease everything you ever wanted. Um, and if you fuck up, you're punished. You're punished horribly for it. But it's fun. It's still fun. Like, I'm tearing my hair out over these things, but it's, it's great fun um so yeah dk have you been have you had pity taken on you by a uh, funky kong <laughs> no, yet when no. you started up no, i haven't no, no. <laughs> so you're not doing that bad then no not not too not too shabby um every now and then i'll i just have what? one question really for yep. you which is visually yep. is it 
do you would you agree with my earlier assessment just because of even i guess because of how simple it is that the assets could be perfected would you say that this is the best looking game on switch so it's tricky for me to comment on that because i haven't been able to play it on a big screen um which i right. think is where it would really pop i've just been playing it on my switch mm. and it looks great but i couldn't it, it, to me straight away just looking at it it's not it's not like wow this is miles above everything else sort of thing yeah but um i do have a, a, a sort of 22 inch monitor in the lounge which i can i can hook into and i might might jump on that and, and check it out because i could definitely see this popping on a big screen like it's a gorgeous looking game don't get me wrong it's not immediately the most gorgeous looking game on switch that i've that i've played sort of thing like mario odyssey was was pretty up there um but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give it a whirl on that monitor man and i'll get back to you and um and let you know so the, nice. the only other thing i've been playing really um i've i got i've bought a few things on the steam sale um just uh i got what did i get i got prey little nightmares uh a couple of other things the issue with those is that i can't really download them because the internet connection here is uh <laughs> full of personality let's say <laughs> yeah so probably won't have a new game for a while but i did before i left um new zealand and and my fiber connection i did manage to download borderlands 2 uh which i had in my library for some time and i was i always enjoyed borderlands but it was one of those games where it's gearbox so it's got that obnoxious sense of humor and um and it's also you know it's one of those games where you sort of get your fill and then you finish with it or for me it's one of those games anyway and i enjoy the mm. time that i have with it but you know, I'll play eight to ten hours and be like, oh, okay, cool, I'm done with this. It's it's like the old, the, the Assassin's Creed games, the old Assassin's Creed games, or something like that. I'd never finish them, you know, play them to completion. Usually, I'd just be like, oh, okay, cool, I've explored this world now, I'm I'm done with that. And um, Borderlands, so I can see probably doing the same thing, although it's just it's a nice, it's it's a refined version of Borderlands, which I love. Like it's just a fun game, Borderlands. It always has been um even just playing by yourself it's just a good game to it's it's a mindless fun you know jump in shoot a bunch of stuff looter shooter you can up, upgrade your gear every 10 minutes you'll get a new gun and be switching things out all the time and um it's just a good game <laughs> i don't really have a huge amount to say about it but <laughs> have you guys both or balthazar you've definitely played borderlands too regan have you have you played it i've not played borderlands 2 i played a little bit of the first borderlands yep. but um yeah Sounds good. <laughs> it is. Probably. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things, though, that, that never had enough of a pull for me to, to play it when it first came out. And so it prob I probably never will play it, which is kind of yep. sad. Like, you know, never say never and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I just probably not. It, you know? it would be one of the rare games that I would jump into multiplayer for because I imagine it would be it might make the game even more fun and multiplayer mm. um balthazar you could probably attest to that man you you've you're quite a fan of uh borderlands right uh yeah i yeah i've exclusively played the multiplayer. i actually never played a borderlands game single player um okay. and so i can't kind of imagine that experience um i always intended to because i guess my experience with the games was also somewhat throttled by only playing multiplayer because you always had to wait for the people you were playing with to be around yep um but yeah it's uh the multiplayer experience is definitely great i imagine it being seamless from what the single player experience is in that you are still just going through the same quests the enemies aren't scaled up so it's almost 
more ridiculous because you are just running through blowing up everything the world is exploding around you <laughs> um we also had the advantage of the group that played we each picked one of the different classes oh, nice. um so it's not like you know we we didn't optimize, you know, we didn't just have four of the uh, Mechromancer, which is the optimal class to play, um, running around so that we had eight people on screen with the robot buddy and everything. Um, we just each picked a different class so that we had a fairly balanced experience. And it was, yeah, it, it's great fun multiplayer. I definitely, if there is still an active online community, um, try it out because it's 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 yeah it's everything you enjoy about the single player but basically even faster you know rather than a new gun every two minutes it's every 30 seconds because you clear out a camp instantly oh man that <laughs> i'll probably whoever i end up buddying up with i'll probably piss them off because i generally go into that menu and i'm looking at all the stats i'm like hmm what if I, <laughs> no what if I, no <laughs> like there's a lot of that i'm in an iron so um yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should stick to single player on that, but it's it's awesome because it's it's one of those. You, know, you guys know how much I love those games where you can just, you know, some whack on a podcast or just jump into a, a small intense session of something and then jump back out sort of thing. And it's one of those games, perfect for that sort of thing. So just go and do like raid a mm. do a mission and shoot a bunch of dudes for forty five minutes to an hour. Um, have have some music going or have a podcast going and get that done and don't invest too heavily in the story and just you know it's it's all good times but um nice yeah that's all that's all i've really been playing i played a little bit of metro 2033 33 33 yeah um and i was really enjoying that but i got to a point where i was dying over and over and over again so i stopped playing it because <laughs> <laughs> um that game for all it's uh, it's a really good game but the stealth sections piss me off in that game um because it's pretty much one of those ones where if you are seen in a part where you're you know supposed to stealth through it you're fucked like you you will get swarmed and you will die very fast um and i got up to a section where that just keeps happening and it's uh, it's very frustrating so i sort of moved on moved on to um to bigger and better things i suppose it's still a well-made game and i because i bought it intending on playing last lights and um uh yeah is it, is it redux no redux was sort of a, a remake of both those right and uh exodus whenever whenever that comes out um or if i pick up an xbox i suppose um but yeah i, I only played maybe two hours of of 2033 so i can't comment too heavily it seems like a very well-made game has a lot of cool like analog stuff like a compass that you have to use like a in, in hand compass kind of thing um like the firewatch map and and, and things like that but yeah, can't comment too much on it. Just got frustrated with it, and um, probably won't be going back to it. I suppose at this point because I'm I'm enjoying Borderlands <laughs> Two too much, and, and I've got DK on my Switch, so I'm all set for that. But um, yeah, that's probably nice. that's probably about us for another week. I think, uh, folks, thank you for for tuning in again. It's been another another long one, which I suppose happens when we when we don't um you know record a podcast for for three weeks or mm. uh, or a wee when while. We, when we don't sort of download in a way. Yeah, I think that's kind of part of it, right? We all sort of stack up too much of a cake and we all have to just download and one it's, one go it's a bit ca- yeah. it's a bit cathartic eh? i've always i've always likened our podcast to going to church um for me it's it's a way of, of just venting and getting shit off my chest and you know um not only gaming stuff but you know what what we've been up to and, and all that sort of thing so it's it's always a really nice nice way to do that and um, catch up with everyone but yeah thank you again for for tuning in um everyone if you've if you've gotten this far we are overcast gamer 
Uh, we are a predominantly Kiwi-based gaming outfit, but I, I now live in Scotland, so we're kind of everywhere. Um, <laughs> we write reviews and features. Um, we do videos every now and then. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Overcast Gamer, Twitch. Uh, we do streams. Try to do them every week. Regan is doing a fantastic stream of the entirety of Final Fantasy VII at the moment. Yep. Uh, Regan, that is Wednesday nights, I believe, 7 p.m. Is that correct? That's correct. 7 p.m. New Zealand time. Um, we do a couple of hours every Wednesday, so definitely check in. Um, we'll be there. Uh, yeah, so can... partaking in some early PlayStation JRPG goodness. <laughs> it's great. You, you've amassed a good little community there. I dropped into the chat for a wee while um, on the last one, and there was a, there was a nice wee bit of banter going on. So. Seems like you're getting, yeah, a, getting a nice following going on there. So that's very cool. And yeah, I suppose that's that's really about it. Overcastgamer.com is the website. As we mentioned, undergoing a bit of maintenance at the moment. It's not looking the prettiest, um, but we will, we're, we're working on, on getting that to, you know, to a standard that we're happy with. And uh, podcast on iTunes. Find us there. Find us on your RSS feeds. YouTube.com forward slash overcastgamer. And uh, yeah, that's us. So thank you for tuning in and we will see you again in a fortnight. Bye-bye. Goodbye.